Father, we thank you for this evening, Jesus. We thank you that you have brought us into your house, Lord. We come into your presence in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, by the price that was paid on the cross of Calvary, Lord. Lord, we are here to pray and we thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, once again, strengthen me this evening. Lord, I pray that it would not be one point that I prepare, but what you want us to pray this evening that will be made manifest, Father God. I pray, cover us under your wings, Father God. We, we look at the nations of the world and we see there is a generation that's being destroyed by various crimes and wars. And tonight, Father God, we want to stand in the gap and we want to pray. Strengthen us, Father God. Oh, Rabash, Thank you, Jesus, because you are here. I am weak, but you are strong. You have turned up way before we came into this place. And thank you, Jesus, that there is no slumber in this place. Everyone would, Lord, would, Lord, would be connected to you, Lord, to see a mighty move of your hand in this place. We are going to walk out of this place empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, not the way we walked in. Because, Jesus, tonight is a night of change. Tonight is a night of empowerment. No matter what happens, no matter what I'm going through, or no matter what our situation, we will praise you this evening, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You know, uh, as Brother Claudie was just telling me, he said, take it easy, be slow, be easy. So, you know, I'm just going to be kind of easy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the one. Come on, say, just shake your neighbor. Probably, you know, night 10.30, you worked all day. You are the one. And, good. So you, you might be wondering why I'm saying you are the one. I'll make sense sometime down the line, alright? And tell your neighbor you are here for a time such as this. It's a big chorus, yeah? Uh, let me start with a small uh, thing. 1983, alright, there's this little boy who falls into a septic tank, okay, so if those of you don't know septic tank here in Oman, you have the sewage trucks that come take your dirt, so there's a little boy who falls into a septic tank, his mother is busy making, you know, her evening snack for the children, and she gets this very bad smell, and she's like, what's happening, what's this bad smell, and then she tells her, my son fell into the septic tank, my son fell into the septic tank, three or four minutes down the line, Somehow they get into the septic tank, they retrieve this boy. And when he comes out, he's fine. The mother rushes him to the doctor and the doctor says that the, the mother was joking because the child could never go into a septic tank and come back alive. You know, 31 years later, the child stands before you as a testimony in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that's not over. 1982. 1982, February 10th. Okay. So, uh, dysentery. Blood, blood flow and blood, uh, pulse beat stops, uh, reducing, 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 and the pulse beats touch 48. So the doctor says, that's it, it's over. Alright, so the, the child was not named, so they, they, uh, they asked the parents, what do you want to name him? So my father said, we'll name him Jabba. Jabba means prayer in Tamil. He said, if he lives, he'll be, live because of prayer. So the doctor said it is impossible. The pulse beat was touching 48. In a few hours, there was prayers pray made all over. And for, in about a few hours later, the pulse beat was restored and life was restored. Jevam stands for prayer and I thank God for this evening. Amen.
praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this evening. You know, the problem today is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. You know, I'm just going to take a small, small illustration about the book of Esther very quickly. And we're going to enter into a time of praying, praying for the nations. And we don't stand in a situation where we had isolated situations of war and chaos and outbreak of diseases and sicknesses that has no cure. But now we are surrounded by them. And everybody acknowledges that, right? Okay. The book of Esther starts with a flamboyant king, you know. In a modern-day context, a, a king who likes to, you know, show his power, his wealth, his, you know, his total strength. A king who he throws a party for 180 days, and as of 180 days was not enough, he goes ahead and parties for another seven days. And at the end of seven days, you know, when his heart was merry with wine, as the Bible puts it, he just says, okay, now I have shown the world all my wealth, all my riches, the gold, now I need to show my wife to the world. And so there he calls his wife who refuses to come. And then we all know that there is a decree passed that this lady will no more be the queen. Even in the counsel of the ungodly, God was moving his hand in favor of his children. God, the enemy was trying to gain strength. And then suddenly you have this man, Haman, who comes from nowhere, who gains power and position and who wants to destroy the children of God. But Haman didn't know who he was messing with because God was moving every move as Haman was making every move. I'll just quickly move because we know the story of Esther. Esther finds favor and there she is nominated queen or she is crowned queen. And then let's go. We'll read Esther chapter 4 verses 13 to 15. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do you think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For, you, if you, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time. goes down to Esther and contest to sit as a queen, to receive a crown on your head. But Esther, you were nominated a queen for the deliverance of your people. For a time as such, you were nominated, or you were, I'm sorry, I'm getting it wrong, you were crowned to be queen for a time as such. Because Esther, God, you, God doesn't need you. You need God. If you wouldn't stand in the gap and pray now, Esther, deliverance will come to the children of God. No matter how, God will raise up, probably even a stone. There will be deliverance. But we don't know what will be your and you think you can sit in the coziness and comfort of your, your, your situation and think everything will be fine. You never know when the tide will turn against you, Esther. I want to bring a parallel to what I'm trying to say. We could be sitting in the comfortness of our job and our situations. You could think by virtue of my qualification, my experience, I am here. But I want to tell you that you are here for a time as this. Because God wants you to stand in the gap and pray and bring about salvation to those that are being persecuted and those who are being destroyed for a time as this. For a time as such is why the Lord has been placed into you. Everyone sitting in this place. Everybody with me? Yeah? Alright, I know it's kind of 10.30 and you don't want to hear a long so 
you are here being strategically brought into this place by the Almighty God to stand in the gap to pray for the nations. And you know what's happening across in the nations. And then you know what, when Mordecai tells, you know, initially tells Esther, she says, you know, I cannot go into the presence of the king. I can go, I can get killed. That's like a common, you know, what do I say, a common, a common believer who comes to church and says, you need to stand in the gap. He's like, yeah, that's not, you know, I cannot do it. There are other people who are more holier. No, it's not time for excuse. It's time to get going for the Lord. And then when Mordecai tells her this, then she realizes, yes, the time is now. Then she says, go tell the people to fast. Okay, she says, go to the... So we assume that's go fasting and prayer. And then she says, after you fast and pray for three days, I will go into the presence of the king. If I perish, I perish. Okay, so there you have a deeper call into accomplishing the purpose of God. Esther gets into the realm of realizing her real purpose. Her real purpose was not to wear the crown that the king gives to sit and look beautiful, but to push forward for the purpose that God had so that she will receive a crown of life. You are here today not to receive a crown or not to look good, but to receive a crown of life when your time and your purpose on this earth is over. There is a purpose. It could be Oman. It could be a stagnating economy. There could not be a promotion. But there is a purpose because the purpose of God is being accomplished in your life this night in the name of Jesus. Do not give up to where you are. There is a purpose. There is a purpose. Push on for that purpose. And then when Esther realizes that, she says, I will go into the presence. If I perish, I perish. You know what she does is that she says at this point she gets connected with God. She says she sees there is a need that people are being destroyed. I need to stand up. I need to stand up. I need to be the agent of change. You will always see that God will bring about salvation to his children through one person completely committed to him. You look at David. You know the latter part of David. David flexed his muscles to see how strong his army was. He went and counted the number of people and God says, David, what are you trying to see? You want to see how strong you are? I've got three options. Choose it. And then there's a plague and 70 people die. And then David goes and falls at the feet of the Lord and says, God, I'm the one who did wrong. Why are you killing my people? What breaks his heart should break your heart. What breaks his heart broke Esther's heart. He said, I will go because it is a deeper call. If I perish, I perish. You're here with me this evening. Amen. If I perish, I perish. It is not just the night where you would come, you would pray and you would go out. You are here, you would pray, you would be empowered, you would go back into your prayer cells and you will claim the nations for his inheritance in the name of Jesus. You look at Moses, you know, when God says, Moses, I'll destroy, this is a stiff-necked generation. I do not want them, I will destroy them. Forget it, I will raise you up a generation. He didn't say what? Now God, that's what, you are talking business. This is what, this is the correct thing. But what Moses said, God, no. What will the Jews, what will, sorry, what will the Egyptians say? He took them to the wilderness and he couldn't save them, so he destroyed. He falls at his feet. And then at a later part in Exodus 32, 32, Moses says, God, if you are going to destroy them, blot out my name from the book of life. What breaks his heart is, breaks your heart. It is not about a reputation. It is not about having the most popular ministry, but standing in the gap and praying for that one group of people, praying for the nations that is running towards destruction. That's the call of the hour. Amen. For a time as such, as for a time as this, you are here tonight. And I want to tell you, you are the one. Don't look to the neighbor and say, I do not have the gift to stand in the gap and pray. I don't have that anointing. I don't have the strength. I don't have that perseverance. I don't have the discipline. You are the one. Turn to your neighbor, shake them and say, you are the one. Come on. I'm, I hope I didn't put you to sleep all this earlier. Eh? You are the one. Hallelujah. Shall we rise up to our feet?
If the next next five, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, ten minutes, we would be standing in the gap and praying. Hallelujah. I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 20. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see the horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you are in the verge of a battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people and he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of a battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart, heart faint. Do not be afraid and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. The Lord is going ahead before us. The Lord is equipping us. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that tonight is a special night? The Lord is going to strengthen us. I'm, you, might, you might ask me, are you a diligent prayer warrior standing in the gap and praying for the nations? No, but tonight is my night. The Lord is going to empower me tonight. Hallelujah. And that's our portion. My first prayer point. I want all of you to start praying, saying, God, strengthen my knees, because this is an hour of a deeper call. If I perish, I perish. Lord Jesus, I pray, strengthen our knees, Father God. The amount we pray is not enough, Jesus. Strengthen our knees, Lord. Lord, we get distracted. It could be a television program. It can be socializing. It can be social media or chatting with a friend. Gossip, slander that takes away, that takes away valuable time that we can spend in your presence, Father. Strengthen us, strengthen us, strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen our knees that we can stand and pray, Lord, when our, when our flesh is weak, that we would make a choice, Lord, that we would rise up and pray tonight. Pour out a fresh anointing, God. Fresh anointing, Lord. Strengthen us, Jesus. Strengthen us, Jesus. We don't want to go back the same way, Lord, because, Lord, there is a generation that's been destroyed by various things. Tonight, equip us. Equip us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Psalm 6, 9 says, the Lord has heard my supplications. The Lord will receive my prayer. We say, thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my supplication. You have heard our prayer, Lord Jesus. You are strengthening us tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we move into praying for nations, I want to take this first moment to pray for this nation that's been a blessing to us. This is our temporary home. You know, we are, we are all travelers on this earth. This is our home for the moment. And we're going to pray for this nation of Oman. Lord, we're going to speak a blessing over the rulers, for the portfolio of ministers. Oh, we're going to bless, we're going to speak, we're going to speak blessing and life and healing over this land. For we're just going to bless this land in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray that just as in the book of Esther, the, that could be different counsel that will come but the Lord will Lord, the Lord will see his will through all these different situations we pray in the name of Jesus continue praying for this nation that the, will, the work of the Lord will not be hindered under any circumstances they could bring about different decrees but nothing will stand because when there was a decree to destroy the Jews all oh, the decree was changed the same way no matter what happens the name of the Lord will be established in this land ask of in Psalms uh, Psalms 2.8 it says ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of your earth your possession. We pray and we possess this nation for the kingdom of heaven. Let us pray that the, this nation will be washed by the blood of Jesus. Pray this nation be washed by the blood of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will wash Oman by the blood of Jesus, Lord, from the north to the south, to the east, to the west. This nation be washed by the blood of Jesus. Every port be sealed by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, Lord, let this become a destination where people will come 
be revived in you and will leave this nation, Father God, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll just take a quick moment to pray for your particular nations, you know. Just as we prayed for, uh, you know, prayed for Oman. Let's take a one minute, you know. You know the major crisis that is currently in your nation. Just take a quick moment to pray for your nation. Stand in the gap for your nation. Father, we come into your presence, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I stand in the gap for India, Lord Jesus. A nation with millions and trillions of God. Gods and people who follow religion but do not know their truth, Lord Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, Lord, a country being exploited. Lord, we pray that, Lord Jesus, in India by the blood of Jesus. Every political uncertainty, you will calm it down, Father God. Lord, every, every radical groups, Lord Jesus, you will nullify their powers in the name of Jesus. Every red tapism, Lord, will be eradicated in the name of Jesus. We pray that one billion souls for the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Pray for the Master's Commission or the Great Commission. You know, for the ends of the earth to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are still millions who do not know the gospel. There are still millions who have not heard the gospel. There are, you know, you know tonight is a night of change. It's like, if I perish, I perish. It is not just tonight, another evening of prayer. But we are going to pray and say, God, Lord, let the gospel reach to the ends of the earth. Lord, let the Master's Commission be fulfilled. You know, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says... Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to, to me. In Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. So let's pray that the Master's Commission, the, 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 the Great Commission will be accomplished. We pray that God will raise up evangelists. God will reach us, raise up people, preachers, pastors. Lord, and God will raise up even you know, people like us working in our work environments to reach out, to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. As per your word, Father, we pray. This Great Commission will be accomplished in the name of Jesus. The Great Commission will be accomplished, Lord. Raise up people in the name of Jesus to go to the ends of the earth, to take the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, and for your name to be glorified, Father. We give you glory, Jesus. We thank you because this is your promise, and you will accomplish it, Father God, because it is not our works, it is not our strength, but it is you, Father God. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the next point we're going to pray is, you know, Esther 9.1 Esther 9, says, you know, in the 12th month, when they wanted to destroy the Jews, in the same month, the Lord restores them. We're going to pray that the Lord will prepare a table in the presence of his enemies. The people that are persecuting his kingdom, that are slaying and killing and mass burial, they will all, you know, they will come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You know, the Lord will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You know, the same day that the Jews were to be destroyed, it was the same, it wasn't one day that the Jews were to be destroyed, it wasn't one day that the Jews were united and they were strengthened. Let's pray that the Lord will turn around things in our favor in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray tonight that you will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, Lord. All those who are persecuting you, Father God, we pray.
pray that Lord will become followers of you in the name of Jesus. Lord will, Lord will be people who will become on fire for you Lord. Who will diligently seek you Lord Jesus. Who will share the good news of the gospel. In the name of Jesus we thank you Father God. Lord, Lord these terrorist organizations, terrorist groups will Lord turn to you Father God we pray. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. We're going to pray for healing over our lands, over our nation. There is red tapism, there is, you know, there is... Uh, what do you say? There is exploitation, poverty, sickness. You know, the rich become richer and the poor. And there are still people who are struggling for a meal each day. We are going to stand in the gap and we pray, Lord, heal the nations, Lord Jesus. There is sickness. There are outbursts of sickness. And we just don't have cures. Thousands just get destroyed. You see, there is, you know, there is a rich resources in nations like Africa. And there is a major group that just, there are a handful of people who benefit out of it. And there is a major group, a big group of people who have been totally exploited. Let's pray, Lord, heal our land. Heal our land, Lord Jesus. Heal our land of red tapism. Heal our land of corruption, Lord. Heal our land of sicknesses, Lord Jesus. Heal our land, Jesus, of exploitation, Lord. Heal our lands of poverty, Father God. We pray that every nation that has been represented here in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will heal tonight. You will heal tonight. Jehovah God, Jehovah Rapha, the mighty God, will heal the nations tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Red tapism, Lord. Lord, corruptions will, will vanish, Father God. And people and Lord, every citizen will benefit out of their nation's wealth and resources, Father God. We give you the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I just want to finally pray. We want to pray for leaders. And we want to pray for leaders of different nations. We want to pray for wisdom. That God will give them wisdom. And through that wisdom, there would be peace across the entire horizon of the globe. Yeah? We're just going to take God. Say, God, give wisdom to leaders, Lord. Lord, bring, let God, you know, nominate leaders who are, you know, who, who are God's, God-chosen leaders. Who would lead the people in the right way and there would be peace. Let's, let's just look up to God and say, God, we grant our leaders wisdom. Grant our leaders wisdom, Father God. Lord, grant our leaders wisdom. We see in the book of Esther, Lord Jesus, no matter what happens, Lord, you are calling the shots. In the same way, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will bring leaders, Lord. You will bring leaders, Lord, who will be filled with your wisdom, who will be filled with your spirit, who will be filled with your strength, Lord. And Lord, every step that they take, Lord, there will be total peace all across the globe, Father God. We thank you so much Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord because you will do this this for us Father God. We pray. We give you the glory Lord Jesus. Thank you Father. Father in the name of Jesus as we have come to your presence we want to thank you Father God that we have prayed for nations. There are many more needs Father God and we can spend all night praying for it Father God but I pray tonight Father God a burden for nations, a burden to stand in the gap be poured upon us Father God that even when we leave from here this is an hour, this is a day of a deeper call. This is a day of a greater anointing and this is a night Lord Jesus that we have been brought into this place for a time such as this. Father God and we are the ones who will stand in the gap Lord Jesus and who will make a difference in this generation Father God we thank you so much Father Lord in the name of Jesus take complete control of the remaining portion of this evening Lord may may your name be glorified Lord Jesus we give you the glory and honor in Jesus name we have prayed Amen
Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Brother Jebba. I felt so encouraged with the words that you have given. I didn't know you were going to uh, speak about a topic I'm going to speak today, but uh, I think we're one in spirit. And uh, as I was coming up, I was going to start what we're going to pray about. But the Lord just asked me to ask everybody just to spend a few minutes to thank the Lord. To thank the Lord for what He has done in your life. Whatever it is, give Him thanks. Give Him thanks this evening. I'm not too sure what situation you are, but He has asked us to give Him thanks. In your own personal life, I'm not too sure what the Lord has done for you in the past days, in the past couple of weeks, in the past months, in the last year. We're almost getting to the 10th month. The Lord has been wonderful. He has been gracious to us. He has been magnificent to us. He has been benevolent to us. He has been our provider. He has been our healer. We have not been put to shame in this land. Just give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. I don't know the reason why he has asked for these thanks. But maybe in you giving thanks, your breakthrough will come through. As you have... No miracle will come through. Expecting for him, it will come to pass. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. If you have given enough thanks for your own self, give him thanks for your own family. For people out there, they have seen miracles in their own lives. Appreciate the Lord. Appreciate the Lord. What He has done for us. We are alive today. is not our own doing. It's the Lord's doing. We're here in good health. It's the Lord's doing. We're privileged to be here today. It's the Lord's doing. It's not our own doing. Just give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. You have a job to go to. Give Him thanks. You have children to look after. Give Him thanks. Father Lord, I say thank you, Father Lord. I thank you for a time like this. I thank you for a time like this. I thank you for a time like this. I thank you for a time like this, Father Lord. We thank you for all the wonderful victories, Father Lord, we have enjoyed, Father Lord. The wonderful miracles, Father Lord. The wonderful testimonies that have come forth in this place, Father Lord. We say thank you, Father Lord. We're grateful, Father Lord. We thank you for the gift of salvation, Father Lord. We say thank you. We say thank you, Father Lord. We say thank you, sir. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we are prayed. One more thanksgiving. We should observe the seasons and times we're in. The Lord is an answering God. The past few weeks and months we have been talking about the issues ravaging Iraq, Syria, Christians, and I think particularly Nigeria. And the last one week, we have started seeing victories. We have started seeing nations come together. Muslim nations, Christian nations coming together in one cause. In one cause. And one of the prayer points I can remember on a Thursday that we prayed for was that God's name will be glorified in this. No, I can see a cloud coming. The Lord will bring His peace. If it's by force, it will happen. Let's give God thanks for that. Let's give Him thanks for answer prayers. Give Him thanks for answer prayers. Let's know that yes, the challenges we are facing today, they will come and pass. They will come and pass as God reigns and we cry out to Him. We cry out to Him earnestly. He will hear us. He will fight our battles. He will fight our battles. We thank Him for the progress, Father Lord, that is being made, Father Lord, with people that are persecuting your children, Father Lord. We thank You for the nations that are uniting against this evil cause, Father Lord. We say thank You, Father Lord. We thank You for the progress, Father Lord, that is being made in Nigeria, Father Lord, against Boko Haram, Father Lord. 
we say thank you, Father Lord. We're not taking it for granted, Father Lord. It's because you're intervening. You're interested in our affairs, Father Lord. You have not let us to die. You have not let us our own devices, Father Lord. Lord, we say thank you, Father Lord. We say thank you, Father Lord. We say thank you. We pray, Father Lord, that you will stand up strong, Father Lord. You will stand up strong, Father Lord. You will defend us. You will defend us, Father Lord. Thank you, Father Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Please, you may have your seat. Thank you so much. You may have your seat. A popular verse. I think Brother Jeba mentioned it. And it's in the Bible. It's in Matthew. You know, we're ending one chapter of Matthew. We're going to the next thing. The Gospels are finishing. And we're going to an era of faith. And what did the Lord Jesus say? He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then after that, he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you till the end of the ages. I've never seen such a remarkable ending of any story. I'll say my Lord is an orator. He knows how to package everything. He finished the Gospels and he gave us a command to the next level. He did not leave us. He gave us clear instructions. It was not something that it was very, very ambiguous. You know? And the most important thing also, he re-emphasized the Godhead in the name of the Father of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And when he started it, he, he spoke about where he derived his power from. He said, all authority has been given to me. He made sure he defined that for the disciples before he told them to go. And we're not going in our own might, we're going in the might of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end, he also mentioned to that, lo, I am with you to the end of the ages. I am with you. Whatever you meet, I am with you. God is with us. He is walking with us. Do not fear. I'm with you. That popularly has been mentioned as a great commission. We speak it, but I don't think we have personalized it. And when we personalize it, then we'll know the strength of that message. There's no way you cannot go to. There's no way you cannot enter. Because the Lord has commanded it. I wonder what it is if the sultan now comes and says, go. I'm sure all of us will stand up and go because we know what is backing us. Talk less about Lord Jesus Christ telling us to go. And he didn't come back. He could have told us to go, but he also told us where he derived his power from. For us to have that confidence. He has called us to be what? To be missionaries. To be missionaries. Not for, I'm saying that the people and the field, all of us, each one of us, I'm sure if you go and check the definition of a missionary, they will tell you, it, 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 I think, the way, the way it reads, I think it's a, it's a member of a religious group that has been sent out to evangelize, or not to, maybe apart from evangelize, to also render a service. It can be education, it can be healthcare, it can be different things. But they just summarize what the Lord has told us to do. You know, in Islam also, they also have what they call is a dawah. They also have evangelists, they also have missionaries in that, in that point of view. And the missionaries we know of were people between the ages of 20, 30, 35. 
you know, they will go to places with minimal assets on their back. They didn't have anything. They're going to terrains unknown. They don't know what's going to happen. Some of them go with nothing. It depends on what they get there, they'll eat. And I'll tell you something very funny. When I was in high school, I think we uh, attended a boarding school. And after the evening reading, you know, people are looking for what to, to snack on before they go to, to sleep. Uh, so after the night preps, people go then. In the evening, and it was a Christian school then, and uh, somebody will carry a bowl, and he said, I'm going on a missionary journey. And that missionary journey was, he's going, he's spreading the gospel from room to room, hoping to get something in his bowl. You know? And we were, we were laughing about it, because that was the concept of being a missionary. You're going out there, it just depends on what you get, will fall on your own table. I'm sure some of us now, if we ask our children, we'll say, yes, my child wants, maybe you have a child, he wants to become a doctor or engineer, he come and say, daddy, I want to become a missionary. Hmm. I'm sure you'll breathe, first of all, and say, hmm, are you really sure? You know, did God tell you this? Are you sure? Let's pray about it. You know, there will be so many excuses along the way. Because that is the, that is the notion that is attached to being a missionary. There are some churches now that still do that. The Mormon churches still send people. You know, I know that I've seen churches in quotes, you know, but they still send people to become missionaries. You know, and one of the things that endeared me to this church, to this church, to this particular assembly, is how much they believe in missions. You know, I was here during the year accounts or whatever the church was, and I found that almost everything was going into missions. It's going into missions. There's no how you will go, not go into missions and you will not see the harvest in your own local church. Yesterday we were talking, I think we were pastor, and we were talking about seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness as any, every other thing will be added unto you. If the church decides to put its finances into missions, every other thing will be sorted in this assembly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know? And it's the same thing with our own lives. What have we rendered to missions? What are we given? Not what have we given to the churches. If I ask a show of hands, how many of us are supporting missionaries out there in the field? Just think about it. How many of us pray daily for the missionaries out there in the field? Then, then the most difficult part how much of our earnings is gone in support of missionaries? I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Be honest with yourself. If I earn, God has given me so much and so much. How much am I committed to his work? There's something that happens and that's what Islam is also spreading. Once they said there's work for Islam, People go into their pockets automatically and, and give out. In the country like Nigeria is, that's why how Islam has spread. Because everybody brings out from his pocket once it's pertaining their own religion. I won't be here today, if not because of missionaries. I'll be very, very honest with you. Most of us grew up in homes that maybe were Christian homes. And who gave them the gospel? It was missionaries that brought the gospel to them. I gave my life at a young age through a missionary. In July, I was, uh, I was in Nigeria. 
And uh, I happened to go to my mother's village. I haven't been there in a lot of years. And that day was on a Sunday. I attended service. And one of my very old uncles was taking the, taking the, the sermon. And all he could talk about was how the missionaries gave him Christ. He's at an old age, and that's what he has treasured the most. That salvation that came from them. And he was telling the young ones, hold on to Christ. This is what I obtained. Along the side, I got education. I got, uh, I got health or medicine or medical attention. But this is what I'm holding on to. Some of them even bore the names of the missionaries to show you how well they, had, they held on to it. Now, we'll talk about it maybe the contemporary days right now. It was easy for us to listen to them then. Because they brought health for us. They brought education for us. So now you turn it back and say, okay, I'm back here now and you're asking me to, to be a missionary to Omani that everything is very, very free for him. Or maybe in America where the system gives him everything. How am I going to do it? It's with God's help. That's number one. It's with God's help. But God will find a way of you preaching the gospel to him. We just have to try. Things are changing right now. It's no longer from the issue of uh, economic empowerment. Now it's more of a relational thing. How many people have we spoken to? How many people have we evangelized? Right now, I believe the way forward for us as missionaries is missionaries in our working environment. Our lives, our words. Our lives and our works. Last month, I went to school in the UK. I was in a part-time program. And there was a course dinner. And that was my second time meeting my classmates. And they were having dinners. And typically with the, with the British society... People were downing alcohol, and I was there with my glass of water. So we're discussing, waiting for the meal to pass, and then I'll, I'll go home and go and sleep. Then one of them came back, and he came out, because the first time he knew, I told them I don't drink because I'm a Christian, and I told them about my faith. Then he came back, and I sat, he sat down to me. He said, he said, Emmanuel, he said, are you telling me you don't drink at all? I said, no, I don't drink at all. You know, he was taken aback, and then he said, is it because of your Christian spirit that he said, I say yes. He said, I respect you. You know, and in my mind I said, Lord, thank you for speaking to this thing. And I started telling him that you need to stop this. And I started trying to talk to him. But I believe God is going to open another avenue for us to go deeper. But your life has to speak. And then you also have to be able to speak it out. There are opportunities that will come in the working environment. People are hurting. People are hurting. If you give God solution, if you ask God for solution, He will give you a solution for the, for the problems that people are facing. It's not an easy one, but we have to be bold. And I'll give you a testimony. This just happened, my little son, Jonathan, and uh, we have been training him. He knows about Christ. He has given his life to Christ at this young age, and we we thank God for that. And he has a friend that he had invited to church once, to this church. The friends came, were in the old building, they went back. But that was the impression in their mind. And uh, he started speaking to his friend about Jesus. And we were not aware of this. This was their own 
discussions. So everybody went for his holiday, summer holiday. And um, they came back and they met up. So the little boy's mom came and met my, my wife and the first thing she said, wow, all my son is talking about is God, 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 God. That if they do anything wrong, you'll tell them, you have done something wrong, you're going to go to the hot lava. And that was like hell. You know, that's the only interpretation of hell. But he was telling his parents about God and we have always been finding, trying means to tell the parents about Jesus. You know, and my wife just laughed and she said, well, my son is telling you what he believes in. And your son happens to be believing in what we're saying. So she called me to the office and she told me and I said, Lord, thank you. And I need to wake up. But he didn't stop there. The next day they had a play date. And they got talking. My wife was upstairs. I was at work also. And, um, and they ran upstairs and I met my wife. And uh, he said, uh, Mommy, my friend wants his name to be written in the book of life. And my wife was taking aback, <laughs> Like, do you know what you're saying? He said, yes, he wants his name to be written in the book of life. So quickly she went and opened the internet to give a further explanation to this young man. And she gave him and he read it and he said, Yes, he wants to do that. He said, okay, we have to pray. And he prayed the sinner's prayer. That little boy. After he prayed it, they went back and continued playing. My wife called me in the office. I said, praise the Lord. The mom came to pick him up. And I said, my wife, tell the mom what you have done before you go back and you will see something. Before my wife called my mom, she just said, mommy, do you know my name is in the book of life? He was telling his mom now, my name is in the book of life. And your name has to be in the book of life too. Now he has a sense of right and wrong based on the Bible. Now why am I telling you this? Our children too are missionaries. They're never too young to be taught. And they teach us the basic things of being bold and courageous. Things that maybe adults are, are, are shying away from. A little one will say it as it is. And he will go his way. And that's the way the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to be able to interact. Simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be something like, you need Jesus Christ. We don't have to go and quote so many verses for him. It's the Lord that will do it. It's the Lord that is doing it. You know? And I'm just trying to explain this just to give us a context of people out there that we're going to pray for. We're going to pray for ourselves. We're going to pray for missionaries. I have a real strong passion for missionaries. I love missionaries because I won't be here if not because of them. If not because of them, I won't be here. They need our help. They need our prayers. If we can't give them anything, our prayers every day, please, in your daily time, commit yourself to praying for them. Please, commit yourself to praying for them. Some are at the point of death. Some are at the point of looking for provision. Your prayer will go a million miles for each one of them. Please, can we rise up on our feet? You know, in... Uh, and you know, they didn't ask. You know, and Paul said in Colossians 4 3, he said, Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God will open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also 
in chains. The first prayer point, a missionary needs open doors. Philip was able to preach to the Enoch because the Lord took him to the Enoch. Uh, to the Enoch. He had an open door to preach to him. You know? And he was able to meet that person who was an influential person in Ethiopia. Let's ask that the Lord will open doors for us. That the Lord will open doors for us to, to minister to people. You know, you might be asking this, this prayer because but the Lord will do it. As you have asked for it, that the Lord will open a door for you. An open door. An open door to speak His word. You know, just pray for your own self, first of all. Pray, pray that the Lord will open a door for you. To minister. It doesn't have to be on the church platform. It can be in your working environment. It can be at your own home. That the Lord will open a door for us. That the Lord will also open a door for the missionaries out there. You know, they need open doors. They need open doors to be able to stand before kings. To be able to stand before authorities. You know that the Lord will give them a chance to put a word in. You know, my brothers prayed about Esther at a time like this. She had an open door. The king called her forward. Let's pray our missionaries will have an open door. You know, a lot of times it's a relational thing, especially for, for, for countries that are close, like Oman. You need to be close to somebody for you to be able to share the word so you won't fall foul of the law. Let's ask for that opening. For that opening. For that opening that the God will give us opening. Paul asks for opening. That he will give us an opening. And that opening we shall not use it. We shall use it for the right thing. That we shall use it for the right thing. Brethren, pray, please. Please pray. That's what you are here. You have been called. You have been given that great commission. You have been given that great commission. Let's ask the Lord to give us our open door. Lord, that you give me an open door, Father Lord, an open door to preach your word, Father Lord, an open door to the harvest that you have set before me, Father Lord. That even as the open door comes, Father Lord, I will recognize it, Father. I will recognize what I'm asked to do, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. The next point we're going to pray is for boldness and courage. Boldness and courage. Boldness and courage. You know, put me before the Sultan now. I'm not too sure how many of us will be able to say you need to be, you need to be saved. That's the boldness and courage. The kind of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that will say, yes, we won't bow down to your God. If we die, we perish. But let it be known that we will not bow down before your God. That's the boldness we're talking of. That's the boldness my son has. As adults who are losing that boldness, pray that the Lord will fill us with that boldness. That courage to be able to stand for his word in the face of danger. That the Lord will be able to say, yes, we're standing for the truth. We're standing for your word and you need to be saved. If you're not praying this prayer, I'm not too sure when the time comes, you will have that boldness. You will have that courage. You give me the boldness, Father Lord. Give me the boldness, Father Lord, to spread your word, Father Lord. In the land of Oman, Father Lord, that I will not wither, I will not fear, Father Lord, for you are with me. You say you are with us. Lord to the end of ages, Father Lord. You are there with us. You are there with us, Father Lord. Give us that courage that we need. In Jesus' name we are prayed. 
Another thing also is protection and guidance. Protection. We have missionaries in so many places that are in harm's way. They are in harm's way. You know, in the Middle East, we have missionaries that if they are caught, is imprisonment or death for you. You have people in North Korea. It's the same thing. You have people in northern Nigeria where they kidnapped the girls. I don't know how many pastors have died within that area. You have people in Iraq that are there. They need our protection. They need God's protection. rather. They need us to pray that God will intervene on their own behalf. That the Lord will watch over them. So let's pray that the Lord will watch over all these souls that have gone to the field. They have obeyed the Great Commission and they need to be protected. The Lord is our covering. The Lord is our covering. Every night we go to our rooms or our houses, we pray that the Lord watches over each one of us. Let's pray that the Lord will watch over His own that are in the field. Over His own that are in the field. Those that are doing His work. Those that are in the front line. Lord, we pray for protection, Father Lord. We pray that you will watch over each one of your own children, Father Lord, that are in the field there, Father Lord. That you will keep them safe, Father Lord. They will be in harm's way, Father Lord, but nothing will touch them, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Provision. 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 It's very, very important. It's very, very important. We have had enough, we are fed, we are full. Where I'm from in Nigeria, northern part of Nigeria, you need to see some of the missionaries. Some of them cannot even afford the three square meals. Some of them cannot afford to send their children to school. But yet, they're holding tight for, for God. They're holding tight for God. And I'm sure it's like that in India. You have people that cannot even afford to, put, to change their cloth. But one way or the other, they're living from day to day. Let's ask that the Lord will provide in His own way. The Lord has been doing it, but we will not continue to fail to ask that the Lord will provide for each one of these ones. That will stand in the gap and say, Lord, open the windows of heaven, Father Lord. Open the windows of heaven, Father Lord, that they will meet their, that you meet their needs, Father Lord. That provision shall come for them, Father Lord. Like manna from the sky, like quail from the sky, Father Lord, you meet them at their point of need, Father Lord. They have needs, Daddy Lord. They are not ones, Father Lord. Lord, you are provided for me. You are provided for this assembly, Father Lord. Lord, we are praying for those in the field, Father Lord, that you will provide for them, Father Lord. Whatever they need, Father Lord, to carry on the work, Father Lord, you will provide for them, Father Lord. You will provide for them, you will provide for them, you will provide for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we don't know where it will come from, Father Lord, but you will come from your abundant resources, Father Lord. Your abundant resources, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Ephesians 6.19 says, And for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. One of the things missionaries face is how to put things across to people. You need wisdom to be able to put things across to people. You'll be in a situation you do not know what to say. 
is the Lord that will give you utterance. It's the Lord that will give you divine wisdom. It's the Lord that will give you rhema at that particular point in time. I don't want a situation that we will be put on the spot and we will not have a word. We have our own parts that we have to eat the word. But God will also do his own part that he will give us the wisdom to be able to apportion it when the time comes. And our missionaries also need that also. They need the wisdom from above. They need the wisdom from above. Let's pray that the Lord's wisdom will come from them, for them above. That the Lord will give them a fresh anointing. Wherever they are, that the Lord will grant them a fresh anointing. The Lord will give them understanding. They will understand the times. They will understand the situation. They will understand the location where they are. That whatever is needed to come forth from their mouth, that the Lord will give them that understanding. The Lord will give them wisdom. The Lord will give them wisdom. The Lord will give them wisdom. In Jesus' name we have prayed. One point I'm going to land is Ephesians 3.16 also. And he will grant you according to riches of glory to be strengthened with might through the his spirit in the inner man. One of the things I've come to understand missionaries have issues with is loneliness. Loneliness. Because they are sold out to Christ, most of them have left their families. They're in the field. They face a lot of challenges. Sometimes they feel they're left alone. Sometimes those of them are single, are very, very lonely. Some of them are not married, don't have anybody to talk to. Because they have said, we're going to live a righteous and holy life. That loneliness is also there. Another issue also is the family unity among missionaries. One of the things I've seen that breaks missionaries in the field is a break in the home. A break in the home. A break in the home will break their, their message. It can come in the form of their children. It can come before. It can come in various forms. That's the devil doing it. Let's pray that these families will grow strong in the Lord. That they will be indivisible. That nothing will break them. Nothing will break them. That the Lord will keep them united. The Lord will keep them in one mind. In one mind, in one mind, in one mind, in one accord. That the Lord will watch over them and the Lord will strengthen their families. Wherever the devil has planned to bring down their ministry, it shall not come to pass. That the Lord will keep them together. The Lord will keep them together. Brethren, you need to pray these prayers, Father Lord. We are interceding on behalf of us. Select group. A select group of people. A select group of people that are out there. Let's also pray that the Lord will give them good health. The Lord will grant them good health. The Lord will grant them good health. Some of them are working in very rough terrains. I'm sure most of you have heard of the missionaries that caught Ebola in West Africa. Some of the first people that got to were missionaries. We thank God they have been saved. We thank God they have been saved. But the Lord will give them good health. As they do His work, the Lord will keep them. The Lord will keep them. The Lord will keep them. In Jesus' name we have prayed. My last prayer point is going to be personal among yourself. We're going to pray that the Lord will help you to commit to missions. To have a passion for missions. To have a passion for missionaries. To either pray 
Every day, please. If you can, every day for them. Pray for them. If you can support them financially, please make a commitment this night. And say, Lord, I want to help the people out in the field. And believe me, believe me, the more you intercede and the more you commit to it, the Lord will never forget you. I have tasted of it and I'm challenging you. Try it and see. Try it and see. If you have enough finances, pick a family in the field and say, I want to sponsor these people. And I can guarantee you will not lack in your own home. Because you're supporting God's work. You're not able to be there physically, but you're supporting God's work. Forget what the church is doing. Now I'm talking of a one-on-one basis. You and your God and somebody in the field. So just pray that if you have not made this commitment, that the Lord will help you. The Lord will give you the grace to support this thing. Just pray. I know it takes, it takes a lot of... It takes, it takes a strong will to be able to do that. It took me a while in my life to make good, good commitments with regards to missionaries. But the Lord gave me light. The Lord showed me light. The Lord gave me understanding. He gave me rhema. He gave me a calling. Not for, it's for each one of us. It's not only for those in the field. He said, go and make... He said, go and preach the word. He commanded all the disciples... There were only 11 at that particular point in time, but I believe all of us are disciples. And it's a command that he has given us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you, Father Lord. We thank you for your word, Father Lord. We thank you, Lord, because we have been able to pray for people out there in the field, Father Lord. We thank you, Lord, because you have called us to be missionaries, Father Lord. We say thank you, Father Lord. We thank you for those your parting words, Father Lord, that were clear, Father Lord. They were clear in which direction you wanted us to go to. Father Lord, we pray for the grace. The grace to follow through the Great Commission, Father Lord. We have failed in so many parts of it, Father Lord. Lord, we ask that you give us the grace, Father Lord, to go back to that path that we have asked us to follow, Father Lord. Help us to be faithful disciples, Father Lord. That will not be asked on that last day, what did you do? Did you follow the Great Commission? I will be able to say, no, Father Lord. Give us the diligence, Father Lord. Lord, we ask for an open door. As we are in this country, people say it's closed, but give us an open door, Father Lord. To preach your word, Father Lord. To drop nuggets of truth to people out there that need to be saved, Father Lord. Lord, even as you do it, Father Lord, for everybody that is here. That has interceded on a missionary, Father Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you grant them their own blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Even as they leave this place, Father Lord, they will continue to pray for people in the field, Father Lord. They will continue to support, Father Lord. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you glad that you are here this evening? Amen. Uh, usually, when you noticed, when you are alone, it's very hard to pray because there is so much of distraction. I want to encourage you this evening. If you do not have a child who's sleeping, you don't have to move. But if you're sitting alone, I would like you to come forward or find a partner. Find. If you are alone, find somebody that you could sit with. I want two. Minimum two. Maximum three, four, five. But find somebody. Don't be alone. Go and find somebody. Quickly, quickly. You found somebody, you got a partner. 
find somebody. At least three. You can even be three. Don't sit alone. God. And if you could move, do one more thing. I've noticed when I was sitting at the back, you feel you're lost. I don't know. You should be able to experience that. You feel that you're very far from the people, from, from the front. And you feel that you're lost. You can even come forward. Don't hesitate. Try to come forward. Get Because a burning coal kept far away will go out very soon. But when it's together with other coal, they ignite each other. Amen? Amen? I was listening. Please sit down for a minute. Sorry. Just only for one minute. I was listening to this to the story that Brother Jabba was saying when he came and it was so surprising. Jabba said a story that he was the kid who fell into the uh, sewage tank. And I was thinking about my past during the same time I seen a little child fall into a sewage tank and I could not help that child to come back to life. I did everything possible, not even knowing what is first aid. I carried the child, did gymnastics with that child, because I never knew what to do. And that little child passed away. One child God gave life, and another child he took. And he has his own reasons. He has kept you here for a reason. Amen. We are many children. Some are slumbering very sweetly and having sweet dreams. Some are snoring and disturbing their loved ones. But we thank God that you are here. Amen. That you are not sleeping and that you are awake. I need you to stand just for a few minutes on your feet. And let us take this time, and I want you to praise God in the language you know best. If you speak Konkani, let it be Konkani. If you're from Nigeria, what do you call the Nigerian language, brother? Okay, whatever be it. I want you to speak in your language. Just take two to three minutes just to worship our God. Just lift your hands and just worship Him. If you can, sing a new song to Him. Sing a song that you love best in your language and just praise Him. Whatever be the song, just take a few minutes and say, Lord, this is what I give to you right now. This is what I give to you right now, Lord God. Give me grace, Master, that I will be able to worship you. Adonai I worship you, King of kings, I worship you, the great I am, I worship you Elohim 
I worship you, Jehovah, we worship you, the Prince of Peace, we worship you. Almighty God, we worship you, the great I am, we Be glorified, Lord, be glorified, be glorified, be glorified, be glorified. In Jesus' name we are worshipped. In Jesus' name we are praised. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to share briefly from the book of Nehemiah, and I've taken this titled as Prayer Strategy for Our Ministry. That's the title that I've given, Prayer Strategy for Our Ministry, because each and every one year, I'm sure, is involved in some ministry, some ministry. And if you are not involved, if there's anybody who's sitting here, if you're not involved in a ministry, I urge you today, make a commitment that you will be involved as soon as possible. Can I have an amen? Amen. Wow. I've not even started. I've not even started. All too often, we look at prayer as a quick fix. Believers take prayer as a quick fix. They want everything to be fixed immediately. I pray immediately. That's what they want. And we have all done it. At some given time, we want prayer to be as a quick fix. Many of us, first we run to the doctor. And only last we run to the, we run to the doctor of doctors. The first thing, the moment you say your child is sick, where do you run? Come, we take all our belongings and run to the doctor. We don't run to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords who has made these doctors because we don't have the faith in that doctor. 
Our father has made these doctors. We thank God for them. But before you can go to the doctor, go on your knees and say, Father, I'm going to this doctor. Give him the wisdom and give him the understanding that when he, even when he lays his hands on me, I will be healed. Amen? If you are involved in God's work, and hopefully we are all involved in God's work somewhere or the other, at some given time, prayer is going to be the most important part of your life. Prayer is going to be the most important part. Prayer means, it means that you are involved to see the completion of God's work that has been started. Nehemiah saw prayer this way. And we see in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, we see that he had a difficult task ahead of him. And after hearing the report of the poor condition of his people, in Jerusalem, and the state that they were in, Nehemiah decided to travel to Jerusalem and to take a lead role in rebuilding the wall. As you look at the story, please note that our prayer is the central part of this mighty work that God had for this man, and it was not a quick fix work. It was total dependence upon God alone. One, for help. Two, for direction to do God's work. As an important government official of Babylon, Nehemiah received the word of the depressed people in Jerusalem and he says, I need to do something. His response was to weep and pray. We find that in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4. I would like you to have your Bibles opened, please. And let us go through these scriptures. Nehemiah chapter, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. For some days I moaned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. We've seen that earlier Brother Jebba was talking about one woman who took the boldness to go before a king. Here we are going to see at the end, one man taking the boldness to go before a king. God is amazing. Amen? During this time of mourning came the most powerful prayer that was recorded in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 5 to 11. If anybody has a very loud voice, I would like you to read verses 5 to 11 from the book of Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 5 to 11. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, hmm. I will scatter you among the nations. 
But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah's prayer was not an act of devotion that was jammed into a busy schedule. If you notice very carefully, he stopped what he was doing and gave himself completely to God in prayer. Completely to God in prayer. The task ahead was very hard for him, but he knew who he could depend upon. There are some important factors that we should look at this prayer. The first point that I would like to show is, a point out is, his response in obedience. The first point is, his response in obedience. We, and we find that in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 12. Although it is not mentioned in this passage from the first chapter of Nehemiah, we learn later on that God placed the rebuilding of Jerusalem upon Nehemiah's heart long before. If you look at verse 12, it says, I had not told anyone what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. I have not told anybody. The burden was already there. The burden was put in my heart. But I didn't tell anybody. He was aware that God needed him to accomplish the purpose for which God had in store. This should be our motive all the time. All of us. Ready and available to serve God no matter where, no matter how, no matter with whom. That should be our first thing. The second point is, he had an attitude of worship. Nehemiah had an attitude of worship. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 5 which we read earlier. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his command. Nehemiah did not enter lightly into God's presence. He reverently acknowledged the awesomeness of God, of heaven, asking for his divine attention. What is our attitude all the time when we come into the presence of God? Many of us have a beautiful attitude when we come into the house of God, but what is our attitude when we are not in the house of God? Are we in an attitude of worship all the time? Or is it only when we call our loved ones to pray that we have an attitude of worship? We should be a people always with an attitude of worship. The third point is, he persisted in prayer. The third one is, Nehemiah persisted in prayer. Look at 6a, the first part it says, Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. Your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants the people of Israel. Nehemiah says, 
that he is praying day and night he is saying he is saying that i will never stop praying until i see this happen let me ask ourselves this question do we persist in prayer or is it just a one time prayer if somebody comes to you and says i am sick can you pray for me do we just pray one time god bless you send the person away do we do that or do we go back home go back on our knees and continue to pray calling up that person to find out how is the situation what has taken place what's your progress that should be our attitude not just a one time and say thank you goodbye see you come back when everything is done nehemiah did not do that the fourth point is nehemiah prayed in humility we find a man of total humility it's in six the second part it says i confess the sins we israelites including myself and my father's house have committed against you and verse seven we have acted very wickedly towards you we have not obeyed the commands decrees and laws you gave your servant moses he approached god with total humility then he goes the extra mile if you look at it we look at the scripture he goes the extra mile to confess his sins look at that most of the time let us look at ourselves when we are praying for somebody in their midst do we pray and ask god forgive me first we want to show that we are righteous we never ask god lord forgive me we don't do that and the moment someone comes to you for prayer you think that either that person sinned that you are praying for him so we have to be very careful here he did not demand from god look at that passage he simply humbled himself before god and stated his case how often do we confess our sins how often do we do that how often we command god when we are praying instead of just humbling ourselves before this mighty god we many times we command god look at this passage read the scripture nowhere did nehemiah command god he just stated his case and said this is what is happening god my fifth point is he claimed god's promise in scripture nehemiah chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 it says nehemiah remembered god's promise to israel that if they fell through disobedience and were exiled but would repent and turn back to him he would bring them back from that distant land he knew that god who had promised blessings and chastening would also promise forgiveness look at that the god who promised blessings and chastening will also promise forgiveness if his people do two things if they repent and if they turn back many of us repent but we don't turn back that's the difference whenever repentance takes place a complete turn around should take place also let us quickly turn to deuteronomy yes brother matthew deuteronomy chapter 30 and look at verse 2 to 
Deuteronomy chapter 30. If anybody else has got a scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 2 to 4. Anybody? Amen. 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 Praying God's work back to Him is very, very powerful. That's the reason I would encourage you, whenever you go into a time of prayer, pray scripture. Because you cannot go wrong. Pray scripture. We should learn to pray back God's word, not spit whatever comes out of our mouth. Many times have you seen people when they pray, they keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Whatever comes from the mouth, they spit. They do not know what they are praying. We have to be careful not to make repetitions continuously. Sixth point. He prayed with confidence and boldness. He prayed with confidence and boldness. We find that in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses, verses 10. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Look at Nehemiah. Unlike Elijah, he thought that he was the only faithful Jew left behind. But Nehemiah was not like that. He had confidence that God would raise up more people to help him to do the job. He humbled, the humble prayer that he made showed that he had confidence and in the faithfulness of the power of God. He knew that the God that he was praying to was a almighty and an all-powerful God. My brothers and sisters, sometimes when we pray, do we have that confidence in God that our God is a mighty God? That our God is a powerful God? I want you to tap your neighbor and say, I love you. Is he awake? Yeah, wake him up. Praise the Lord. Be careful. Don't let the enemy put you to sleep. It's only just a one, one hour. In a short time you can go home. The disciples who were with the Lord found it difficult. I know it's hard. I know it's very hard. It's not easy. Next time I will bring a 20, uh, 76 inch TV. We will play a beautiful movie here. So that we can all be awake. How often if three hour movie, our eyes even don't wink. Even the coffee, we ask our wife, can you bring the coffee? And we drink it. I mean, do it. I have done it. We all do it. My wife blesses me with coffee. Not now, I'm not now with the watching TV, okay? Don't misunderstand her. The seventh point is, he prayed specifically. His prayer was very specific. Look at verse 11. Oh Lord, 
let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servant who delights in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. We found earlier where, where Esther prayed to have favor. Here we find another man praying that God should give him favor. And if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let let him send me to the city of Ju in Judah, where my fathers are buried. And while Nehemiah was praying, this burden for Jerusalem became greater and his vision became more clearer. As you continue to pray for a, for a particular reason, having a burden, God will change and show you a clearer vision. If you look very carefully, he didn't expect a magical provision. But instead, he asked specifically that God would give him favor. That's what you and I should pray every day. That God, grant me favor. Grant me favor with a boss who is not like-minded. A boss who has everything against. Give me favor when I go and stand there. Look very carefully what he says. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight... Let him send me to the city in Judea. How often do we seek God's guidance whenever we want something? How often we do that? Many of us, we rush into meeting our boss for a promotion. Or whatever be it, before we could meet the king of kings. How often we run to a situation. When have we gone and sat on our knees and bent our knees and say, God, I am going now to meet my boss. Help me that favor will be my portion in Jesus' name. That should be our cry. The eighth point. He took step of action. He took a step of action. We find that we don't, we're not going to read it. Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. He knew that he is going to rebuild the city. He knew that prayer was going to be the main channel of what he needed. He first asked God to prepare the way so that he could find favor in the presence of the king. Then he asked the king for help. You seen that? Before asking the king for help, he went to God and says, let me find favor. Then he goes to the king and he says, I need help. I need help. God's plan was not easy. The plan that God had for his children was not easy. It's not easy for us to go stand before the king. Just now we heard brother say that. How many of us can never go stand in front of Sultan Kabus and say, you need to be born again. We won't be there after that. Go and say, tell Sultan Kabus you need to be born again. We won't find you tomorrow morning. We have, we have fear. But this man received courage. How many of us pray and then we continue in faith? Whenever you pray, learn to continue in faith so that the answer will come in its time. Have you ever wondered how many, how many of us pray that God might answer us? If only we had prayed the right time, in faith, God would have answered our prayers long time back. Somewhere down the line, we make one prayer, we forget about it, and we walk away. We have to be persistent. An interesting, very, very interesting point over here is, if you look, at, look very carefully at this passage, in Nehemiah chapter, Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, you, you see that before he could even... Ah, brother Matthew, read that brother. I want to show you something very important. 
chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 then the king said to me what do you request ah listen to this then the king said to me what is it brother what do so i prayed to the god of heaven one minute please the king asked him and you see what nehemiah did immediately he prayed do you think he went out of the presence of the king and prayed it was a breath you know sometimes when you are asked a question in a fraction of a second it's a breath that was the prayer he made before the king before his god read that brother so i prayed to the god of heaven what is it you want immediately a prayer came out from him from his heart how often that the moment somebody asks what we want we say i want a house do we immediately make a prayer i want promotion do we immediately make a prayer no here was this man the moment he asked what you want the first thing he did he made almost a fraction of a second of prayer and immediately we find favor jesus tells us the same thing in luke chapter 21 verses 12 to 15 he tells us that not to be afraid when we stand before authority before governors before kings i will give you the right word when whatever you need the ninth point is he gave god the glory and credit he gave god the glory and credit many times in our lives whenever god does something for example you got a promotion what do you tell somebody i got a promotion last month we give a testimony correct i got a promotion it is not you who got a promotion it is god who gave you the promotion how often we get a car the company gives a car i got a car it is not you who got the car it is god who gave you the car how often you don't get a child and you pray that your wife should get pregnant you get pregnant and say i we got a child where did that child come from we fail to give god the credit and that's what nehemiah never did he never he made sure that the due credit goes to god and god alone nehemiah could have puffed up himself over the success instead look at verse 8 look at read verse 8 brother and a letter to asaph the keeper of the king's forest that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel yeah and go to this verse and because the gracious hand of my god was upon me the king granted my request now comes the danger you know whenever things are going beautifully you start enjoying you get your promotion everything starts going well you're very happy and then comes the enemy the wall is being built and suddenly where is the enemy within within acting very nicely and here we find nehemiah now changes his form of prayer if you look at he did point number 10 we see the response that nehemiah makes in he did warfare praying number 10 sister he did warfare praying quickly read chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 brother chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 here o our god mm. for we are despised for we are despised turn their reproach on their own heads mm. and give them as plunder to a land of captivity do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you 
for they have provoked you to anger before the builders so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people yes. had a mind to work that's enough that's enough the task was going to be complete but if you look very carefully nehemiah now changed his strategy of praying how often we just pray one word and we go away but there are certain situations certain certain circumstances they need warfare prayer they need you to go on your knees they need you to fast they need you to intercede continuously there are certain prayers you just say it and gone but whenever there is whenever it deals with spiritual things you need to change your prayer pattern immediately switch gears don't do the same childish prayers immediately say i am going to go into a warfare prayer once again nehemiah never sat nehemiah now did work at the same time prayer was the primary approach for rebuilding the wall and the whole strategy was built on prayer if you look at nehemiah chapter 4 verse 9 look at verse 9 nevertheless we made our prayer to our god we but we prayed to our god yes and because of them hmm. we set a watch against them day and night do you know what that means we made our prayer but we set a watch day and night sometimes there are certain type of prayers when you make it you need people to be along with you one puts a thousand two puts 10000 many of us go into the battleground alone we will come back defeated and running because there are certain types of prayers you need your brother or your sister to stand with you in the battleground that's the reason it says day and night if you can tell somebody can you stand in the gap with me and you will never know the holy spirit will leave or will wake up that person in the night to stand in the gap with you that's what it was about when the men were working the other ones were standing in there in one hand they had the shield in one another hand they were they were working it's very very important our prayer should not be the same when we are born again even when we are dying the same it should not be that there should be a variance there should be a growth in our prayer life we want to close and i want to close now if you look at this entire passage that we have read we come to the conclusion the wall was built primarily with a man who was focused he knew in the power of god but he knew he had to bend his knees he knew that he had to have wisdom it was not easy building the wall many of us sometimes we pray but we don't use wisdom if there is a promotion on the way immediately we go tell 10 people i'm going to get promoted we have to be careful we have to know who our enemies are who our friends are we have to be very very careful in this matter i want to close with this nehemiah honored god and i want to challenge you today in all your aspects of work do we honor god do we honor god in our family is god honored in our job is god honored in our personal life is god honored when we are blessed 
Is God honored when something is taken away from us? We have to ask ourselves this question. Nehemiah honored God. Can we stand on our feet, please? We are going to sing a song. We want to get into the presence of the Lord. I was watching while our brothers were leading. Do you know when it comes to a time of prayer, immediately we go on a silent mode? You know our phones? We put off silent mode. We are not supposed to do that. You have come to a battleground. We have come to the battleground. So let us enter his gates with thanksgiving. Let us enter his courts with praise. For this is the day the Lord has made. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me I will rejoice for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for He has made me glad. Our Lord God, our Lord God, our Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by Thy great power. Nothing is too difficult for me, hallelujah. Nothing is too difficult for me. Oh, great and mighty God. Oh, great and counsel and mighty indeed. Mighty indeed. Nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for me. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for me. Amen. Amen. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We have just sang this. Let us put this into faith. I want to share something very confidential. This night, Sultan Kabus would have just landed. He's just come back from Germany. Let us pray that God will give him good health. Let us pray that his strength will be restored. Let us pray that God will touch this man. Amen. He has just landed somewhere between 11 to 12. He has come in. Let us lift up our, the king of this land into the hands of God. Pray, church. Be in agreement with the person on your right and your left. Be in agreement. And let us pray that God will touch him. That his healing will be permanent. Pray that God will give him, that he will increase his years of life. Pray that... 
strength and good health will be restored to him. Let us pray and lift up this man. We can make the difference. We can make the difference in the life of this person. In Jesus' name we prayed. I was talking this uh, morning to his waiters. I have about uh, seven of them working with me. And we were talking and they said, Our Sultan is coming. And I said, My church will be praying for him. My church will be praying for him. I want you to take this as a burden and continue when you go home. Don't let it be a one-time affair. Let it be a continuous prayer that every time, whenever you put your foot on the soil, lift up that man to God. Amen? Our first prayer point, according to what we have just uh, uh, meditated upon, let us pray that when God speaks, we will respond in obedience like Nehemiah. Amen? I want you to, if you can, just hold the person's hand next to you and let us pray in agreement. That whenever God speaks, pray for that brother, pray for yourself, and pray for every member in our church. That when God speaks, we will respond in obedience, like Nehemiah did. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Whenever you speak, Lord God, give grace, just as this man obeyed in total obedience, Lord God. Father, we pray, we need grace, Lord God. Just like Nehemiah, Lord God, we need grace like Nehemiah, Lord God, to respond in total obedience, not 50%, not 25%, but 100% obedience to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us pray that everyone in the bread of life will have and demonstrate an attitude of worship, not only on Friday, but all the days. All the days that worship will be a part of their life. Let us pray. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Everyone in our church, Lord God. Let it begin with me. Let it begin with me, Lord God. Father, that not just on a Friday we will jump and dance, Lord God. But Father, every day of our life, Master, that we will be, Lord God, an instrument, Lord God, that will worship you always, Lord God. Father, our life will be a sweet aroma, Master. This is the ask cry diary, that we will worship you in our thoughts, we will worship you in our deeds, we will worship you in our action, we will worship you in our family, we will worship you while we work, we will worship you when nobody is around, Lord God. Give us that grace, Lord God, that we will be a sweet aroma in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us pray that every soul in the bread of life will be a mighty prayer warrior like Nehemiah. Amen. I want you to look at the seats on your left and your right. And if you can, just place your hand on that empty seat. That that empty seat will become full very soon in Jesus' name. Just let us take a few minutes. Just go around. Go around and stretch forth your hand on every empty seat. And say, Lord, fill these seats, Lord God, with your children. Not only on a Friday, not only on a Friday, but Lord, for every intercession, that these seats will be filled with souls. These seats will be filled with hungry souls, Lord God. Everyone who is thirsting after you, diary, this is a heart's cry. Pray that 
no weeds will rise up between these seeds. Pray that no weed will rise up. Pray that only, pray that only God's children will be there. Father, we pray, Daddy. This is our heart's cry, Lord God. Lord, remove all the weeds, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us pray that every member of Bread of Life will have humility as a breastplate. And that we will not become arrogant in our offices, arrogant in our ministry, but humility will always be our portion. Let us pray. Father, we pray, Master, every member of Bread of Life, Lord God, give us humility, Lord God, that we will never be arrogant in the work that we do, Lord God, whether in the ministry, Lord God, or whether any other place, Father. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will give us the grace, Lord God, that we will be humble, Master, all the time. Humility will be our breastplate, Master, in our family, within our wife, while with the husband, with the children, Lord God. We will always have humility around us, Daddy. This is our heart's cry, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us pray that all the time we will learn to give God the glory for whatever we have in our life. Whether it be a testimony, that we will be a people of testimony. Not once in one year, but every day we will have a testimony. Every day we will have a song to sing. Every day we will shout out of what God has done in our life. Let us pray that testimonies will rise up between these seats. All these empty seats, people will come and testify of what God is doing in their life. People will testify that you will be a part of it. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God. You will give us the grace, Daddy. You will give us the grace, Daddy. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will help us to be a testimony among everyone, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us pray that God will make all of us men and women after his own heart. I want you now to to hold the brother or sister and pray that this person will become a man or a woman after God's own heart. And then pray for all the church members. Let us pray for the one on your right, on your left, that they will become a person after God's own heart. They will hunger. They will thirst. They will run after God all the days of their life. That they will never be the same. Pray that that they will, like the deer that pants for the water, that they will run after Him. They will run after Him. They will run after Him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless His name. He has done great things. Bless His holy name. He will do. He will do. Great thing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He was done. Great thing in Jesus' name. He has done. Great thing. Bless him. Great things, hallelujah. He 
salvation. The greatest gift is salvation. One of the greatest gifts you have is you are alive today. You are alive today. You are not in the hospital, but you are here today. Praise Him for that. Praise Him. Praise Him. If you are married, God has blessed you with a wonderful spouse. Bless God and say, Lord, I thank you for the beautiful spouse you have given to me. Don't find fault with her. Don't grumble against her. She is a blessing to you. He is a blessing to you. Bless that. Bless, 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 bless. Because God has given you. Now bless your children. Say, Lord, I bless my children. I say, thank you, Lord God, that you have blessed me with wonderful children. Pronounce blessing upon them. We say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Rashambarabashante. Blessed is holy name. He has done. He has done great things. We thank you for our family, Lord God. He has done great things. We thank you for our church, Father. He has done great things. We thank you for the job we have. We thank you for salvation, Lord. In Jesus' name we have worship. I want you now. If your husband is beside you or your wife is beside you, I want you to pray for them. Let us pray for oneness, for unity, for love for peace between husband and wife. Come. If you have your wife, reach out, hold her hand, husband, hold your hand, or hold the other brother's hand and pray for that family members. And say, Lord, bring peace. Restore peace in the lives of every family. That the enemy will not come between. The enemy will not have any foothold in any marriage. The enemy will not have any foothold to divide husband and wife. What God has joined let none, let none, let no circumstances, let no situation ever come between you and your marriage, between you and your husband, between you and your wife. Pray and say, Lord, I thank you for the wonderful person that you have given unto me, Lord God. Sanctify our marriages, Lord God, that no weapon, no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. In Jesus' name we pray. We are going to pray for our children. Very especially we are going to pray that our children will grow in obedience, in submission, and they will honor their parents. Very soon you will find children dishonoring their parents, not submissive. They want to do their own. Let us not run at that time and pray for them. Let us pray for them now. Let us pray and ask, Lord, give, have you, let your grace be upon our children, that they will learn to submit and walk before you. 
they will learn to honor you they will learn to love us lord god they will learn to love you also father pray just pronounce blessings upon your children thank you father great is he Thank you daddy. Thank you master. Thank you daddy. Thank you Lord God. Thank you in Jesus name. Great in Jesus name. Pray. Great is he who's the king of kings and the lord of lords is wonderful. Amen. Great is He who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is wonderful. Great is He who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords.
Now let us pray for the choir. Let us pray that as the choir begins to minister and as they begin to worship God, let us pray that His presence will descend. Let us pray that there will be no misunderstanding. Let us pray that the enemy will not work among them. Let us pray that there will be unity, there will be love, there will be oneness and God's anointing will be assured into the congregation. Pray that tomorrow, pray for the newcomers, for every newcomer who comes. Let us pray that God will meet the need of the newcomer. Let us pray that God will minister to them. Let us pray that tomorrow every newcomer will, will be met at that point of need. Now let us pray for the ushering team. Every usher who stands at the, at the door, when they shake the hands of the people, let's pray that God's anointing will flow through the ushers. That as they speak, let them speak blessing into the life of the people. Pray for the ushers. Now pray for the coordinator. Whoever is coordinating that God will intervene, God will speak through the coordinator. Pray that tomorrow, it will be a beautiful day today. Today, that as the, the coordinator is taking place, that God's presence will be manifested through him. Now let us pray for the man of God who is going to share the word. Pray that God will speak to this person. Oh Lord, we pray, Master, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will minister to us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Brother, can you play that song? I, we're going to play a song. I think it might be new for some, old for some. I'd like you to follow the lyrics. And let us worship the Lord in this song before we close. It's in response to Nehemiah's prayer. Louder, brother. Little more louder, brother. Make this as a prayer that we will make a choice
Let's close in prayer. King David said, I shall not be greatly moved. He only is my rock and my salvation. Father, tonight we have assembled to seek your face, to ask of you for the nations, for our own motherlands, Lord, and we know that you've heard us. Father, we prayed for our brethren in the field, for indeed the fields are white with harvest and the laborers are few. And we asked you, O Lord of the harvest, to thrust forth more laborers into the vineyard and to equip us as well. God, and we also saw how you have called us to a place of prayer in pushing forth the ministries that you have assigned unto us. Help us, God, that we shall not run in our own strength. God, and as Nehemiah waited upon you to receive clear directions, and as you granted him open doors, At every turn, you will grant open doors unto us in Jesus' name. Father, we draw to a close of the third quarter. God, indeed, the months ahead, we pray that you would make it more glorious than the ones that have gone by in Jesus' name. More of your power in our midst in Jesus' name more of the manifestation of your love and mercy in our midst in Jesus' name. Father, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are the aroma of Christ. Help us, O Lord, to spread the fragrance in the midst of the people of this land in Jesus' name. Indeed, we are the salt, O Lord. Help us that we shall not lose our saltiness in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would mix us, you would rub rub us in among the decaying and perverse generation. God, that the corruption may be arrested in Jesus' name. Because of one righteous soul, you were even ready to save Sodom and Gomorrah. Father, we give you thanks that it is because of our presence in this land that this land is not yet destroyed. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the influence that each one of us has in this place. We bless your name, O God. Help us that we shall never run out of influence in Jesus' name. God, prevent us that our lights may never go out in Jesus' name. We shall set it, O God, on a lampstand and never hide it under a bushel in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us to declare your righteousness at all times in Jesus' name. As for the children whom you use this day, God, I pray, keep them in the place of prayer in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, let not the works of the enemy be found anywhere near them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you will give charge to your angels to surround them and to protect them at all times in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we once again commit all the assignments of the week ahead, including the worship of tomorrow, into your loving hands. Give us great victory in Jesus' name. Thank you, great God. 
as we depart, dismiss us in peace, and let your presence go with us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. For surely his goodness and mercy shall all the days, and we shall dwell. And all God's people said, Good night and God bless.